You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. it when the when the instruments prophesy <laughs> just felt like as the instruments were prophesying I, I could hear uh, the father asking can you hear the can you hear the rhythm of heaven which is initiated by the heartbeat of the father <clears throat> and I felt like it was an invitation into the the rhythm of heaven or the rhythm or the rhythm of the heartbeat of the father that he's inviting us into a new cadence and new cadence of life. <clears throat> I really feel something has shifted over the course of this weekend that we've entered into something new and you could even call it a new season. And I felt like the overarching theme of the season is to be able to live in rhythm with the heartbeat of the Father. that in this season that it's going to be easier than ever has before to really, really embrace everything that He has for us. Not just in the supernatural, but what He has for us in our character, what He has for us in our families, what He has for us in our finances, in businesses, in workplaces, in every single area of our lives. Yeah, that things are shifting. There's no more trying real hard to make it happen, but actually there's a tapping into the grace that Jesus released at the cross to empower us to be able to live this way. It's the fullness of life in Christ Jesus is what it is. So, Father, we thank you for the fullness of life released from the cross, echoing through every generation, every generation that there ever will be, and that you've tuned us into the frequency of it. I just feel physical bodies picking up on the frequency of heaven right now. Just like you tune an instrument, tune a guitar. Just felt like bodies were being tuned in, tuned by heaven to match the frequency that they're picking up on. I could feel souls, emotions being, picking up on the, the frequency of heaven. I felt like there's a different frequency for emotions than there were for physical bodies. Don't ask me to explain that to you, I can't. I just felt like that as those emotions are being tuned as they are picking up on that frequency tuned in tuned in yeah thank you Father to line up with the way they were always supposed to be yeah thank you Father (laughs) it's like the Father had a tuning fork in his hand and he was just tuning 
making sure that every person picked up on the frequency of heaven and was tuned in to what he was doing. And I felt like I was supposed to make sure that we were reminded that it doesn't matter where we've been or what's even going on currently in life, what we did six years ago, six months ago, or just a few few moments before church or last night that everybody's invited into this thing that you can't be disqualified by your own choices that you're not big enough powerful enough (laughs) just can't do it can't supersede grace It's the goodness of God that leads man to repentance. And once again, he's showing us his goodness so that we change our mind even more so about him. So we thank you, Father. Thank you that we're being tuned in to what you're doing, tuned in to who you are, tuned in to everything you made us to be. We just take our hands off of of the figurative wheel. (laughs) We surrender our wills. Our wills to your will, our ways to your ways. (laughs) We surrender to you. It's our joy, it's our joy, our privilege to surrender all to you. Surrender all just to have you, Jesus. You're the reward. to push on from this moment yet this just even Sarah playing something that seems so simple I can I just feel I just feel the father on it with every sound that's being released there's more tuning that's happening his sound to tune you into what the world is doing and what the world's like. The Father is retuning us, reprogramming us, you could say, to be tuned into what we were always created to be tuned into. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. sound some of you feel it in your body some of you feel it 
in your emotions, and I believe that even some of you are beginning to feel it down into the core of who you are. It's called divine alignment. Divine alignment. Spirit, soul, and body. The way we were made to be. Yeah, thank you, Father, for divine alignment. Thank you for calming the chaos. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, that peace you feel. <laughs> yeah, that peace you feel, that's just being tuned in to that frequency that destroys chaos. Never has to go away. it's for you, you'll, you'll know it. It'll hit home. But I feel like there's, there's people in the room and maybe even people watching. People in the room that there's a part of your personality that you call driven. And the Father is, is reprogramming that because it's, it's not being driven by Him. It's being driven by performance. And it was initiated by him because it came from a good source, but it turned into something it was never supposed to be. And he's shifting the way that you think and the way that you see and ultimately the way that you hear his heart. And the, the programming of performance is being dismantled. And he's tuning you in to the frequency of living from this place where he's accomplished everything. The finished work of the cross. Yeah, thank you, Father. you, I believe you just felt it shift inside you. (laughs) Yeah. So I know I'm not making it up. Raise your hand if you felt that, if that was for you and you felt that thing shift in you. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Father. we can move on but I don't want to (laughs) yeah so we just bless what you're doing Holy Spirit we thank you that you don't stop when we when we transition 
We thank you for increase in the transition. Yeah. We thank you for increase in the transition. But you're going to give us increase from your word today. Thank you for healing in John's back right now. We just all come into agreement as one body, one family, in agreement for our brother right now for complete restoration in his back. Yeah, divine alignment inside of you body. Everything causing pain to the very source of you. We release healing, love, and peace in Jesus' name. Every bit of it. Go. <laughs> you know who's the boss, Payne? It's not you. <laughs> Jesus is the boss. <laughs> Jesus, the authority of Jesus, we command healing to come, pain to go in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Father. Amen. feel the unity in the team I'll tell you that the, we were talking about this the other night I forget who, who we were talking about it with we've talked about unity a, a few times recently but there's there's not a more pow, outside of outside of love there's not a more powerful force that we have currently within the body of Christ other than unity even in love there needs to be unity and not just us and the Father, though that's the starting point, but it's a group of believers that are, it, that are united as one with the Father and then become united as one with one another. They can't, they can't be stopped. It, it is the, yes, God is the unstoppable force on the planet. But we look in the book of Acts and we find out what happened with the early church. When they were united as one in the upper room, what happened? They turned the world upside down. A bunch of untrained, not educated theologians. <laughs> you know, I, I guarantee you they didn't know what homiletics or hermeneutics were. Exo-Jesus. They didn't know any of that stuff, right? Guess what? They didn't even have the New Testament. Now, this is, I'm not discounting the Bible. I'm just telling you what's possible when unity with the Holy Spirit and with one another is possible. When they believe in the resurrection power of Jesus, when a people believe in what Jesus has accomplished, then that he's actually, when he said go, he meant, he meant go and make disciples of all nations. When I hear that phrase, disciple all nations, I think there's nothing that can stop you. Because what he says to do, he's already made possible through his sacrifice. And so there's, I mean, we see these guys uneducated, untrained, were hanging out with Jesus for three, three and a half years, and this is what takes place through their lives. Men and women alike, men and women alike just, just presenting the gospel day after day through their lives, the way that they lived, and they, and they demonstrated what it looks like to live in unity as, as family. It's beautiful. I love it. It's the, it's the best example and the only example I see for the New Testament church is the book of Acts. And some of you know it's why it doesn't say amen at the end of the book of Acts. 
right? Because there's no end to what he's doing. <laughs> Not until he comes back and then it's just going to look different. Don't ask me to explain all that to you. I, <laughs> I, don't, venture, I don't venture into that, into that territory. It'd be just a, it'd be a good guess at best. <laughs> so unity, I mean, this, the, the team being in unity and you hear the sound that's released and what it does and you start to encounter God, right? Through the frequency of heaven. Studies have shown when you match the frequency of cancer, of autism, of different things, of disease, with, the, with that particular sound, when that sound is released, it will destroy that very thing. It will destroy cancer cells. That's what I believe it looks like to, to walk in the fullness of everything Jesus paid for, is that we are in unity with Him, and we've picked up on the frequency of heaven, which is initiated by the heartbeat of the Father, and, and we're walking as one with Him, and we get to operate uh, just the same way that we saw Jesus operate and destroy sickness and disease and, and darkness and all things that uh, oppose love through our little bitty, little bitty lives. Isn't that amazing? I think that's what it looks like to pick up on the, f- the frequency and to be able to match frequencies of things that were never made, you know, the things that aren't in heaven. You don't see sickness and disease in heaven. And so when Jesus taught the disciples to pray on earth as it is in heaven, he's saying, whatever you've got there, we want here. And whatever's not supposed to be here, we can oppose it with the fact that we are seated in another place. And we operate from the dominion of that particular place, seated in in heavenly places. It's beautiful, isn't it? Beautiful journey. So, that wasn't what I was talking about today, but I sure liked it. So we're going to show you a quick video. I'm going to show you a quick video, and I am going to... Leaders and, and Grace Network team are out here about four and a half, five hours outside of, outside of Karachi, Pakistan, and into, in this village that we had the privilege of preaching the gospel in this morning. We watched about 10 or 15 people get born again, give their lives to Jesus, and we got to pour into the Christians that are in this village, and this is one of the greatest privileges that we got, is that we got the the privilege of feeding them that you see here uh, behind me. You see all the children uh, and and their their families, Um, and so this is, it's one of the greatest joys that I've ever had, to be able to come into this place and see God uh, show His both extravagant love practically and also um, supernaturally. And so thank you for giving to this trip, making this possible. This is just the beginning of the things that we plan to do in these villages. Uh, So thanks so much again for praying for us. And if you would prayerfully continue uh, or ask to prayerfully uh, consider, continue uh, sowing into the villages here in Pakistan. There's so much that God wants to do, uh, and we just need we just need resources. We just need finances to be able to do it. Uh, but if you can catch a glimpse of of the children, I've never seen children that were were so happy, so joyful um, over something that seems so simple. Um, so thanks again for sowing into this and making this possible. We're so grateful. One more part. Some of you saw these hey pictures. everyone, Matt General and I here with Donish Peters and Grace Network and his team. 
Um, we are about four and a half hours outside of Karachi in a village that we had the privilege of being present when uh, what our partners donated was able to become a reality uh, with this clean water hand pump. This is something uh, that you and I know should be uh, a thing that everybody gets is clean water, um, and, but these people didn't have it until now. So thank you so much for everything that you sowed into this trip for us to be able to do this. Um, it's just amazing. I mean, I'm overwhelmed with the love of God, how he has provided for, for these people what's a basic need for you and I, but for them, this is a really big deal. It's life changing. Uh, so thank you so much for everything that you put towards this trip. Uh, and we will get back to you soon with another update. Thanks again. Thanks guys for showing that video. Hey, so that's, that's what, we, what we were a part of this last trip, right? So we had gotten prophetic words and I shared some of those with you. And this has been something, honestly, that I've been waiting to come to fruition, even though I didn't know what it would look like for probably nine years of being sent to the Middle East. And now God is unfolding in a way that's much larger than, than us. And so we've, we talked to Donish, some of the things that I kept, you know, in between just us and the leaders because we were praying about what we should do moving forward because these are not, these are not mission trips to us. Even though you could say they're mission work, that's not, that's not our heart. What we felt like the Father had said is you're going to be established in Pakistan. We're going to establish you in this country. And then once you're established there, we're actually going to, I'm going to open the door up to more places. And so one of those things of being established that we'd been praying about is do we, because what, what Donish Peter, that's going to be here the second weekend of March on that Saturday night and Sunday morning, which is going to be amazing. I can't wait for you all to meet him. But what he proposed to us, our team, is that they wanted to be our home base for the Middle East, which what that meant was is that we would become their covering. If you understand covering at all, if you don't, if you don't I can't explain it to you today because it's just, um, I'll give it to you real simple. When your ministry submits to another ministry, they become your covering and the, the apostolic grace, if they have an apostolic grace on that house, on that on that particular ministry, that becomes that also becomes yours. And then we share in one another's fruit, right? And, and we become, it's submit one to another, but it's also, it's also a safeguard because submission in the kingdom is, uh, is just the way that it works. It's actually, it's, it's common spiritual sense. It may not be common sense, um, but it actually, what it does is when, when that ministry submits and comes under, they say, we want to submit to you, and it actually empowers them, right? Because when I'm submitted to people that I can see, it proves that I'm submitted to a God I can't see. If I think I'm submitted to a God I can't see, and I'm not submitted to any people I can see, I'm fooling myself. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. It, I may feel like a rock star in that relationship, but it's just not happening. And I've seen that go wrong so many different ways in ministries that aren't submitted to others, people that aren't submitted to a local church. It's just, it's really dangerous. And so they're very humble. They've been doing this longer than we have. And they're like, we want you guys to, to be our covering. And so we prayed about it for some time. And we all unanimously agreed that we were supposed to be their covering, which means we've said yes to Donish. 
And all the churches that they plant from this point forward will be Revive the World Ministry church plants in Pakistan. They already have 10 churches that are under them. That puts 10 more churches plus their ministry under our covering that ultimately the Lord is covering. And what we just decided, what we decided a little bit over a month ago, we talked about when we were there, Matt and I talked to Donish, and he's like, I want to start a school, a ministry school. He said, I want people to be discipled. And so when we, we are going back in April, April 25th, I'll be going back to Pakistan for another 10-day trip, me and Matt General. And when we are there, we will be, we'll be announcing the launching of the RTW slash Grace Network uh, ministry school that will start soon after we're there to be a nine-month discipleship school that will meet three times a week in Grace Network. Those guys, Donish uh, and, and his team, will handle almost all the teaching. We have provided them a curriculum, which is the Renewed Believers curriculum that, that Joe wrote the majority of, and they believe they can get a full year out of that thing. And so what better way to start people off in discipleship than to get their mind transformed um, because the goal is, you know, it's just a different, it's just a different mentality. It's like we're creating people who will lay their life down for the gospel and they will go anywhere and do anything. You know, we don't have to choose that in America. And I don't know if we you should even call that a luxury. Um, but uh, <laughs> regardless, we are, we are getting to launch that school. So that is, to me, I mean, come on. There's nothing more exciting than that, than to actually get to disciple people throughout Pakistan. And while we're there this time, we are going to do a conference in, in the villages out there where nobody, we're actually going to go into to places where nobody is doing anything like that. Place, uh, one particular place we're planning to go and do a conference, and, and Donish believes they can gather at least 100 pastors is where you can't even get cell phone coverage. Like nobody's doing, nobody's doing anything out there because nobody, nobody, just wa- nobody wants to go. You know, sometimes mission work, if it doesn't look, it doesn't look glamorous and you can't, doesn't have great optics, people don't want to do it. That's not for everybody, but it is some people. And so nobody's going out into this place, and so we're going to get to train. So this trip, what we're doing is we're being strategic, us, the team, and, and ultimately Jesus. If you don't know already, the, what we do in, in our ministry, what we've done since the beginning, and Josh Rickard helped me to initiate this, is that we just pray and obey. We pray and obey. And so we keep it simple. And so we're, with the beginning of the year, because I'm going to go back two times this year, uh, the beginning of the year we're going to do pastors and leaders trainings. Because when you influence influencers your reach is going further, right? And that's one of the things we feel called to do is to pour into pastors and leaders. And what better place than the persecuted church where people they are not getting poured into a lot, but they're working seven days a week. And Don, you know, Donish told me, he said, if you come and visit, that's when I get a day off. If you'll come visit me. <laughs> and we have a day, we're not doing ministry one day while you're here. He said, that's when I take off. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> And so that's just the, that's just the way that they're, they're designed. And um, so we'll do that. We'll do evangelistic meetings while we're there this time as well. And then in the fall, what the plan is, is to do big crusade or crusade meetings, plural, well, like we did uh, last time that we went. So we're strategically doing this, pouring into pastors, gathering them to 
be ready for what comes at the end of the year well, as well as benefiting all the, the church in Pakistan. So is that, that we're, we're in this, and I've got a prophetic word to release here in just a minute that I got last night that may seem coincidental because of the video that I just showed, but I promise I showed it to Owen just to ask. I showed the prophetic word to him to ask, is this for the Revive the Royal family? Because I submit my words like this to, to him or to the team and say, hey, do you think this is a corporate word? Because that's just, you know, I don't want to assume. But... Um, we are looking for you guys to partner with us again. You know, we need to obviously raise funds, but this is a thing, you know, I want you to look at this as we continue to partner, we're going to continue to pour into the persecuted church that we're doing this thing together. And you'll see in this word that ultimately that's what it, that's what it is, is that we're doing this thing together. We're all in this together. It's just that some go and some don't. Some aren't supposed to and some are. And so there's senders and those that are sent, as I've told you before, and this is going to be exciting. So we are going to, again, we're, we're leaving. I've already got plane tickets. And I got a two-year visa with multiple entries on it, can I t- which is not something that uh, happens often. And can I tell you this, is that Matt General and I filed for the two-year visas at noon this time, which would have been 10 o'clock in Pakistan at night. And three hours later, my visa was approved, which is unheard of, but it was also the middle of the night over there. So how's that even happen? Because the church has an incredible work ethic, but we know that government officials aren't staying till the middle of the night and working. (laughs) That's kind of a universal thing. (laughs) So it was just, uh, to me, it it was supernatural. In the favor of God and God just stamping, he's saying, you know, it's another kiss from heaven. Hey, look, this is what you're supposed. This is where you're supposed to be, and this is what you're supposed to be doing. So, if you would pray for us, we'll do another schedule for you guys to sign up to pray, and pray with us. And whatever God is going to do, we believe. I honestly believe we're going to plant in schools all over the Middle East, discipleship schools. I really do believe that, and we'll let them take care of the, the community aspect of it because it's their culture and they're better at it. And that way I'm not trying to create American culture in a, in a place that doesn't even need it or accept it. But we create disciples and empower them to, to do the work. That's good stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> so pray for us, pray with us, and pray about sowing into it. What's it look like? You know, you get a, a few months... I started doing this early because I'm going to, there actually last time there was a group of churches that sewed into this trip as well. I don't know. I think I sent uh, eight or 10 um, people that I know that we are friends with in different ministries. And they're like, we want to get on board with this. And I think out of 10 of them, I think eight of them all jumped on board and sewed into it. And so you want to, you want to get in where fruit, I, I don't know about you, but I like to plant my seed where fruit is, is, you know, it's good ground and fruit is being produced. So, you guys ready for this prophetic word? We're going to, we had the prophetic school this weekend. (sighs) Something shifted in this place. And because it's something shifted within us. (laughs) And so, um, last night in worship, I'm just going to read this to you. I'm not going to get all Pentecostal on you. Um, 
<laughs> I'm just going to read this word to you, okay? I, can't, I, I, I prefer to flow, but this is, I wrote it down when I got it, and this is what I, f- I felt like the Father was saying last night during worship. Owen thought I was going to give it last night because the Lord spoke to him and said, I'm giving Tony a word too. Um, but I felt like it was for this morning as much as I wanted to give it last night, but I try not to hijack things when it's not my turn. <laughs> Even though Owen gave me full permission to, to hijack closing worship if I wanted to. <laughs> so, this is, uh, do we have, who's all in the room? Okay, I'm going to see what, we'll get this to the rest of the leaders at some point too. Um, so it says, this is what I felt like the Father was saying, fire has found its place among you. Fire has found a resting place upon this family, and in the days ahead, you're going to see this fire multiplied among the nations. This school that you're planning is just the beginning of the partnership, of the partnering with me for what I have for the Middle East. There's opposition that comes with this, but it's not unusual for the territory you're going to. Stay low, and you will continue to glow with the fruit of fire, and nothing, I mean nothing, will be able to stop what I have planned through your lives. Here's the next steps. Do not, I mean do not back down. Stay in the place that you are being established. And with that, continue to pray and obey. And I will continue to pour and cover. Anybody need any of that repeated? Huh? You want all of it? It will be on this recording too. You'll be able to go back and get it. I'll read it one more time because it's it's short. (laughs) Fire has found its place among you. Fire has found a resting place upon this family. In the days ahead, you're going to see this fire multiplied among the nations. It's, it's even better the second time. This school that you're planting is just the beginning of partnering with me for what I have for the Middle East. There's opposition that comes with this, but it's not unusual for the territory you're going to. Stay low and you will continue to glow with the fruit of fire. And nothing, I mean nothing, will be able to stop what I have planned for your lives. Here's the next steps. Do not, I mean, do not back down. Stay in the place that you are being established. And with that, continue to pray and obey, and I will continue to pour and cover. If you agree with that, just say amen. I don't ask for that usually, but there's power, so much power in agreement. You know what I mean? When a word is spoken and a family comes into agreement with it. I know, I, I said this to Donish the other day when we were on the phone, and I said, I said we're, just a, we're, just a small, we're just a small ministry. And he gently, lovingly corrected me, and he said, that's not the way heaven sees it. And it shifted my perspective of, of not looking at the amount of people or the size of the room that we're in, but looking at the possibility through people that are surrendered to the Lord. And what's that look like? I mean, it was just 12 that started with Jesus, and he knew one of them would betray him, though it didn't stop him from empowering Judas. But he, he knew that he could start with, if he would just make it about family, about relationship, and about ultimately about discipleship through example, uh, and also through being empowering others and saying, if I can do this, you can do it. He knew that the world would be transformed. 
That was the Father's plan all along. You know, Jesus didn't decide this when he got to planet Earth. Like, they'd been thinking about this since before the foundation of the world. And they're like, this is the plan. <laughs> we're going to take some of the least likely, and we're going to promote them to be your disciples. And yeah, they're going to mess up, and yeah, there's going to be things that they, they do that, <laughs> that aren't going to be in agreement with you, and Peter's going to try to rebuke you and <laughs> tell you that you can't die and stick his foot in his mouth multiple times, just like many of us probably are familiar with, <laughs> especially if we're married. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and they, they, won't be, they won't be from the world's perspective your ideal perfect group, but they'll be my perfect group. And I feel like that's just what the Father's saying over us. You know, the world may have told you one thing, and life may have told you something, and your parents may have said things, and other people may have said things that didn't line up with what the Father has for you. But those words aren't the words that have the most impact. And as we wrap up, even though some of you weren't at the prophetic school, this is just the prophetic school weekend, as we wrap this up today, I feel like that the fire of refinement God is turning up in our lives all over again and multiplying. You know, he said in that word that fire has found a resting place upon this family. And when I, I think about a resting place, I think about in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, when uh, what appeared on them was cloven tongues, of, uh, cloven tongues of fire, right? Or ultimately the Holy Spirit. It was the, the Spirit of God coming as as fire. He came as fire. He came as wind. He came as power. He came in all three of those because he's God and he can come in all those forms and more. <laughs> he can, it can be raining and fire come and wind blow all at the same time. <laughs> and seemingly the rain pouring down when it's heavenly rain will cause the fire to actually glow brighter and brighter. But I feel like he's turning up the fire of refinement because he wants to burn away those things that were said and the things that have been lodged in our minds that are outside of everything that he designed us to be. And I feel like I'm, I'm going to share some things with you today about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who's familiar with this story? And I feel like through this story, the Father's going to empower us into this place of causing us to realize that we were actually, that we weren't made to run from the fire of refinement, that we were made to actually hang out in it. And, and that in, Ameri in American culture, or even in the American church at times, not everybody, I'm just saying sometimes because of the culture, it's that we would prefer to have some fire retardant suit so that the flames don't affect us. But what happens is, is that when we run from and push away uh, the, the reality that we, are in, that we are in the fire of refinement throughout our Christian life, when we try to run from that because it's uncomfortable, because we're used to being comfortable, what happens is, is it actually slows down the process of us being refined into the image of Jesus. And when it slows down the process of being refined into the image of Jesus, what it does is it slows down the growth and the production of the fruit that he has designed us to produce, right? Which in that prophetic word is the, is the fruit of fire. Right, Because when I have it upon my life, then I can release it to somebody else. When I have the fire of refinement upon me, and the image that it causes me to be refined into, it becomes attractive to others, is what I'm saying. And there's impartation that takes place from one life to another. 
Because I can teach what I know, but I can only impart who I am. And teaching people head knowledge, I'll tell you that from the, er, from the early, from the first great awakening in the 1700s, when people decided that they didn't need God, if I'm correct, whether it's the first or second great awakening, they decided they didn't need God because of education. And, and they felt, thought that they became so intelligent that they could do without God. It's, the, it's that intellectual, right, intellectual culture that says we're so smart we don't need Him. Right? And he created mankind to be intelligent. But compared to him, <laughs> we know next to nothing, even reaching our full potential compared to God. I mean, who can say to the Creator, right? I don't need I don't need you. <laughs> but that that's what happens. When that's what that's what happens in a teaching culture that only that when teachers don't become the message because they don't allow the fire of refinement to turn them into the message. What happens is they only teach head knowledge and it produces more intellectual people. Now, I'm not against education, but I can tell you that intellectual people will not be the ones that destroy darkness and change this thing back into everything that the father always dreamed it would be. Not intellect alone. It has to be partnered with people who have allowed the fire of refinement to come and actually become everything Jesus already sees us as and then imparts what we are walking into others. Because the truth of the Word of God can't be digested intellectually. It's not an intellectual gospel. He uses the weak things of the world to confound the wise. It's so incredibly simple that really intelligent people think that there's no way. Not all of them, but some of them. <laughs> and so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are an incredible example. You have three young men that are Hebrew boys that remember, or might I remind you, that they're actually in captivity. Like, it's not their choice that they're, they're serving King Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> but they happen to be three amazing, intelligent young men that, came, that, that he called for to have strong, essentially almost flawless, good, healthy young men. And they chose these three along with Daniel. And these three get their names changed because those weren't their Hebrew names. And then Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 3, what he does is he creates this ginormous statue of himself made of gold. <laughs> he did think that song was about him. <laughs> he would talk about it. He's a little, a little vain, right? He creates this golden image, and what he does is he commands everybody to bow down and worship this image at the time that music starts to play. He's like, this won't be musical chairs. This will be you bowing down to my golden image. Thank you. <laughs> and so, so the three Hebrew boys, they say, we're, you know, they'd made up their mind. We're not going to bow down to your statue. We're not going to worship you. And somebody tells on them because that's what happens. But I believe God designed it to be that way. And so they get brought in front of the king, and the king says, I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to give you another chance. When the song plays... You know what to do. 
And they tell the king, because he, he threatens them, and he says, if you don't do it, I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace, and you will, you will die. And, and this, is what, this is what they say. If that is the case, this is, verse, this is uh, Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. Hmm. I'm sorry, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. <laughs> if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Check this next verse out. I love this attitude, and I believe it's the attitude that every one of us were created to have. But if not, <laughs> but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. They knew that God was fully able to deliver them, but they had made up their mind that regardless of what he does or doesn't do, we still only serve one God. It's the same thing that we have said so many times. Different people said it yesterday in different ways. I remember Nikki saying it, that we've made up our mind that God is good because he sent Jesus. It's not dependent on what he does or doesn't do for me. Right? You ever been there before? I mean, I had to come into that place over the course of the last year. You guys know some of my, my journey from the end of, or after I came back from Pakistan in March up until present time that I dealt with horrible pain in my stomach and sickness. You know what I mean? It was not the kind of sickness that you can pass on to anybody else, but I was in, I was in bad, bad shape. And it exhausted me every single day to fight this. And you guys um, customarily were, whoever I was in front of doing what I do was getting the best of me. And the rest of the day, I was just completely trashed. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do anything. And I was just barely functioning. I was surviving and not thriving. I knew that wasn't what God created me for. And I told you how I saw more people healed in last year than I'd ever seen in my whole Christian life. I saw more people saved last year, more people delivered last year. I saw God do more miraculous things. I saw fruit. And he told me before we went to the, the trip in Pakistan at the end of the year last year, he said, you'll see more fruit on this trip than you have in all of your Christian life. And that's exactly what happened. And we saw 8,000 plus Muslims give their life to Jesus. And I don't know how many miracles, and, and I, we just gauged there were thousands of healings and deliverances that took place. Just at that one meeting, not even counting outside of that, right? Just in that one meeting. And so uh, I saw all those things. God made promises, and, and uh, in the midst of all of it, I'm contending for my own healing. This hasn't been the first time this has happened. I've preached sick and in pain more times than I can count, not just last year, but previous years. You know, from sciatic stuff to back stuff and all, all kinds of, you know, just different, not major things, you know what I mean? But just, just pain. And in the midst of it, continuing to see people healed. So sometime last year, sitting in my basement, sitting in my basement, I, I, I had been just continually contending, continually contending, continue, and it was the focus of everything that I had. It was, my focus was my healing. My focus was getting, getting this healing. And I didn't get into an entitlement, thankfully, mentality 
um, where I thought God owes me anything. I didn't get there, and, and thankfully for the healthy teaching and theology that people have given me, that I you know, was able to stay away from that. Because in those places you think, well, this is God's promise, and he paid for it, and he owes it to me. That, and that we know that's not true. And he already gave me Jesus. He doesn't, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know any. There's no, there's no outstanding debt. He paid it. <laughs> and so I, I remember sitting in my basement, and it was sometime after we listened to Eric Gilmore. Eric Gilmore came that weekend, and he preached here on a Sunday. And Saturday night, we were at the, the building where 420 Ministries is. I sat, and I had one of the most incredible encounters I'd ever had. I, I couldn't tell you uh, much of what Eric said, even though I did record it, so that I would be able to listen later. But from the time that worship, towards the end of worship, through his whole message for about an hour, I just had this crazy encounter with the Lord. And I didn't know what he was doing at that time, but when I got back down in my basement to, to process it, because that's where I hang out with Jesus most of the time, and I, be, I began to realize that there were things that I had put in place of, of just wanting him. Right? And I didn't realize that in the midst of this, uh, that God wasn't allowing the pain to happen to make me a better Christian. I want you to know that. He doesn't, he doesn't do that. He doesn't use bad things to, he doesn't cause bad things to create good character in you. Like, that's, that doesn't make any sense. He doesn't have bad things to give. But with that said, I realized that it felt as though the fire was getting hotter. You know, Nebuchadnezzar told the children of Israel, I will heat the furnace up seven times hotter. That's what he does to them after this. He heats the, the furnace up seven times hotter. And I felt like that the fire of refinement was rising in my life. Because what happens is, I'll tell you this, that from my, even though I don't allow my personality type to define me, my personality type is to, to, to not have painful things around. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to bring you down, I'm going to bring you up, you know. We're not going to talk too long about crazy stuff. You know, I get in counseling sessions with people or one-on-ones, and yeah, you can share your heart and be vulnerable. But in my normal everyday life, I usually avoid painful stuff, right? You, ever, you like painful things? Like nobody's sadistic in the room. Like we don't, you know, I, 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 rather, I rather enjoy laughing much more than, than crying unless it's just the Lord that's on me, then I enjoy crying. <laughs> but I don't like, I don't much enjoy things that make me cry. <laughs> because they hurt my heart. <laughs> and so I found out that through this, that actually the, the refinement, that, that in any season of life, I wouldn't have thought this before, but that in any season of life, that I can actually embrace whatever this is. And it's not saying that I have to enjoy it. It's not saying that I even want it. It's just saying that there's, there's, a, there's fire that's happening right here. There's refinement that's taking place in my life. That if I will actually, instead of fighting the flames of this refinement, that if I will just, if I'll just, do, just do what I'm, I'm getting ready to read you from, from these three young Hebrew men who are an incredible example of what it looks like to, to live to live in, in the fiery, in the fiery furnace of life. And they say they say this in verse 19, then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. And the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he spoke and commanded they will heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were <laughs> 
were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. <laughs> I must have thought that was like kindling. So therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Killed all these dudes that threw them in the fire. Right? That's hot fire. Then the king... <laughs> Remember we were building that bonfire out back of, out back of my house, Owen? <laughs> Never mind. So verse 24, then the king Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. I'm sorry, I, I was like, I remember somebody being in the, in the fire. So, <laughs> not intentionally. Verse 24, then king Nebuchadnezzar astonished. Hold on. Verse 23, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you say those names too many times, you're bound to mess them up once, fell down bound into the midst of the fiery furnace. That should be the end of the story, right? Shouldn't be much story after that. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? Then answered and said to the king, True, O king. <laughs> Look, he answered, I see four loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And from the fourth is like the fourth one looks like that of the Son of God. Right? So this is what I propose to you. In Hebrews chapter 12, towards the end, of the, the end of the chapter, in verse 28 and 29, it says, Therefore, since we have received a kingdom which, is not, which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Verse 29, For our God is a consuming fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I believe that they knew more than they were letting on. Yeah, they had incredible faith. Incredible perseverance in the, in the face of opposition. They were not going to back down, nor they were going to deny their God. But it seemed to me like they knew this God that they'd heard about from that, that actually can consume and appear as a burning bush. This God that can lead his children a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. That this God is, is, the, is the consuming fire. And that regardless of where you put me, I will survive because I will be with him. And because they appear to believe that when they went into the fire, guess who appears with them? And Jesus appears though in the, under the old covenant, in, in an inferior covenant. Jesus, it seems, appears with these three Hebrew boys and prophesies into our lives today and says that if you will actually, instead of trying to push this fire away from you, and trying to run from the fire of refinement, that regardless of what you're going through right now, that I will use it to refine you more into the character that I always created you to have. <clears throat> that instead of complaining, which is what I had, I, had, I had been doing internally, not a lot externally, but instead of complaining, what Jesus taught me is He said, why don't you just worship in the midst of, of this right here? What would be better is that you learn to worship in the midst of the fire than try to run from it because I'm the one that's actually going to carry you through it in the first place. And how fast you go through it is not what's important, but what you allow it to do to you and refine you into is what's most important. Is that in this, that the Father is actually consuming that sometimes, and this is what I, I believe was happening in my situation, that sometimes that it's not necessarily 
fiery trials that we're experiencing. In, in 1 Peter chapter 4, it talks about, don't count it a strange thing that you're experiencing fiery trials. Why? <laughs> it's really good for us in the American church to read that, read that right? But it's, I don't think that it's always that. I think the, that it's that the Father has released fire upon us and that He is an all-consuming fire. And that we relegate it or compare it to something tough that we're going to, and we feel the refinement that's happening to our character, and we immediately th- and we begin to point outside of us and say, oh, it's because I don't feel good. Oh, it's because of this thing that's happening at work. Oh, it's because of these things that are happening in my relationship. And the Father's saying, no, don't look at any of those things. Just look at me and realizing that you are getting closer to me, and because I'm an all-consuming fire, it's getting hotter. You're getting to know me better, and because I'm an all-consuming fire, it's actually beginning to burn away some of those things in your character that aren't supposed to be there. It's beginning to burn lies away, and it's very uncomfortable because we've lived this way for so long that it seems foreign to us. And our natural state of being outside of the nature of Christ is that I would rather avoid something that's uncomfortable and embrace something that is comfortable even though it will stop my growth. And the Father is inviting us into this place of saying, just embrace this thing. Just embrace this thing and focus on me and just worship me through the midst of, through the midst of whatever you're going through right now. And as you do that, as you embrace this fire, I believe the fire just causes the glory to be that much brighter upon the life of a son or daughter. And this is what I feel like the, fa- the Father is doing to us. Jeremiah 23, 29 in the NLT says, Does not my word burn like fire, says the Lord? (laughs) And is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes the rock to pieces? Does not my word burn like like fire? I, I, you know what I always expect? Is that, you know, you read the word and, and you know the word because he is the word. He says, my word's like fire, but guess who is also the word? We see it in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with, the word was with God, and the word was God. So the word is God, and he says, I am. I am the word, and the word is like fire. Hebrews 12, and I am an all-consuming fire. And so I'm getting closer to Jesus, and I'm reading the word, and I'm making declarations, and I'm doing all this thing, and I think that it's all going to be just this joyful experience of exuberance and drunken glory all the time, but I don't, I forget that though there are those times, and I believe that they are getting closer, you know, not further away or fewer and farther between, but they're actually getting closer and more frequent. But in, in the midst of that, there's these things that we still have within us that don't look like Jesus. And it's not because we don't have access to divine nature, we do. But the things that stand in the way are the things that have to be refined within our thinking. And those are the things that become uncomfortable to let go of because they're thought processes that we've lived so long in. They're worldviews, right? They're things that we were raised in. They're cultures that we carry within us. And it's uncomfortable for those things to be burned away. They're ideologies that we've held on to for years and decades. And we're like, I can't believe this doesn't feel good. 
And because we live in a country that values comfort sometimes a little too much, we think, well, it shouldn't be this way, and I don't want it this way, and if you're going to do it this way, I'm going to do something else. It's the same mentality that if you don't answer my prayer, then I won't serve you. Or I'll just go to church, but I won't give you my whole life. Because you won't be my genie in a bottle. <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't care. And he said, if we get burnt up, doesn't matter. Still not going to bow down to your statue. <laughs> because we've given our lives to, to Yahweh. We've given our lives to Him. And when you fully surrender your life, you realize that there is the uncomfortable that you walk through. It's the discomfort of, of life at times. That's why he gave us a comforter. And so as the, as the prophetic word I got last night, that, that fire has found a resting place upon this family, I believe it's because y'all have been willing to embrace the refinement of the fire. And now it's time for the refinement to be turned up. We've, I've said that since the first initiation of it three or so years ago when we started to really experience it. We said it one other time. This will be the third time since then, the last three and a half years or four years. That felt like the refinement. And every time we've warned the whole family. <laughs> because we're, you know, we're kind like that. No, because we're all in this together. Right? And that if we'll all embrace this thing, and realize you've already walked through uncomfortable seasons where refinement's taken place, right? You've already walked through stuff that you've allowed the fire of God to burn off of you. And thought patterns that you've allowed it to, to get out of your thinking. And now it's time for it to go deeper. Because God doesn't just want those surface things. He wants to go all the way down to the very core. Right? Guess what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't when they walked out of that fire? They weren't burnt. They didn't smell like fire. But you know what you notice something else? They weren't bound. <laughs> these, guys, these guys weren't bound anymore because they embraced the fire. Because Jesus was, was in it with them and he says, you know what? I can make all things work together for good. I don't care how bad this situation looks. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. It's not that he doesn't care about us. He's just showing us there's a greater purpose for it. You know, in Romans 8, it talks about that we'll actually, let me, let me go there. I'm going to, I'm going to, I felt myself getting ready to butcher this and I'm going to wrap up with this. I was getting ready to, <laughs> for verse 18, Romans chapter 8, for I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Let me read verse 19 because it's good. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Identity has become one of the main messages throughout our, our stream of, of churches. And I believe it's happening. I know it's happening around the globe. But in that, what happens sometimes is that we get real catchy language that's identity language. And, and then actually we don't become the message. I know it's not happened to anybody in this room or anybody watching, but I'm just saying that I've seen it happen to other people. 
And so this is, this is what the, the Father wants us to know, that the sufferings of, of Christ, for us actually considering them to be nothing compared to being able to reveal His glory is the mentality that we need to have. That regardless of, of what we face, that we, when we said yes to you, whether we, when we said yes to you, whether we agreed to it or not, we agreed to actually give our whole lives. In my living and in my dying, Jesus, you be glorified. That's the mentality. To Americans, that seems crazy, right? To the persecuted church, that's their reality. Is that when I give my life to you, it's in my living and in my dying. I, may you be glorified. That they realize that regardless of how long their life is, that their life is a seed. <laughs> and when a seed falls into the ground and dies, it produces much fruit. <laughs> Jesus initiated that. And he didn't... He didn't <laughs> I'm a, I'll push on this just a little bit more and then I'll pull back because I, I, I just feel like I'm supposed to. But, <laughs> you, you know... Our King, our Savior, our Lord, our Father, our friend, he, he didn't die asleep in his bed at night. Did you notice that? <laughs> now, this is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you've got to die some horrific death to glorify Jesus. I'm thinking that probably none of you will, right? But I'm saying if our King taught us anything by example, it's that you embrace the sufferings of life and allow it to actually transform you into everything that the Father intended for you to be so that you can bring Him the most glory because this is no longer me, about me, but it's about Him. And so in this season, this is what I feel like, that this shift that we just felt take place, that there's going to be an expedited process that happens to us. That yes, it's process, but yeah, God is expediting us and He is advancing us faster than we, could ev than we ever thought that He could. And it's and it's the prerequisite is, yes, I will embrace this refinement, regardless of what I'm going through. Remember, God didn't cause it, but in the midst of it, I'm just going to worship you. I'm going to worship you, and I, I realize that any of those thought patterns or thinking that uh, keep me bound in any way to my old nature are going to be burned away in the, in the fire of refinement. Stand with me so I can end, otherwise I'm going to keep going. And I feel sorry for you when you stand up with me. <laughs> This is what he's doing. Are you excited? <laughs> Two of you. <laughs> Some of you are tired from this weekend. <laughs> this, is, this is it. This is it. There's, there's no, I promise you, there's no 10-step book that you're going to read that's going to get you to where Jesus has got you to go. There's no self-help spiritual book there's nobody that can lay hands on you and pray for you and impart you through process there's nobody that can zap you through it prophesy you through it there's it's this is it this is this is it's process it doesn't mean it takes a long time right i'm not going to use this as an excuse or a victim mentality and, and act messy and crazy and and say oh well i'm just in process now i still have self-control and that doesn't mean i can't be messy Right? We're not, afraid of, we're not afraid of messes. But it is, it is embracing process. That's, that's the Christian life. There's not a magic prayer that's going <laughs> to get you to the other side of this thing looking exactly like Jesus. It's embracing the, the fire of refinement. 
and finding comfort, comfort where it used to be uncomfortable. Because when I begin to worship Him, guess what happens? The comforter begins to take over. And then what can take place, if I allow it to, is that I actually become comfortable in uncomfortable situations. <laughs> it's happened to me in confrontation. I used to be really uncomfortable. And now I've become comfortable in uncomfortable conversations because I allowed the fire of refinement to refine my thinking. He's turning up the heat whether we like it or not, and it's for our own good. You've already embraced the fire of refinement in the last season of your life. Why not do it again? Get excited about it. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's like Sarah says, conviction is not a dirty word. Guess what? Refinement is not either. It's beautiful because I'm going to come out glowing like Jesus. It's where the glory of God shines brightest is when I actually embrace the fire. The Father is already released upon this family. And so we thank you, Jesus. I thank you for a family that has embraced the fire of refinement. I thank you for a new season of burning away old things that have kept us captive to old thinking patterns and old ways of life and old behavior and ultimately that old nature that's supposed to be dead. We thank you for those thought patterns being burnt away in this season. And for everybody that's willing to, we say yes to what you're doing. We say yes to the fire that's found a resting place upon this family so that we can burn brighter for you than we ever imagined, so that we can be a part of what you're doing in this nation and in the nations of the world. We want to be a part of the impartation that you want to release to all people as we have been recipients of impartation from so many others. We want to become the message. We don't just want to be able to articulate the message. We want to be seen as one with the Word, not just people who know about the Word. And so right now, regardless of where we're at, we lift our hands and we worship You. We worship You in the midst of the fire. We worship You. We worship You. You're worthy. We drop everything else. As I heard Jeremy riddle sing one time you know what we're going to climb this mountain with our with our arms wide open <laughs> as you hold on to us we thank you father we worship you in the midst of this season that we're in right now we embrace it all we thank you for expediting this process because you said you're going to we thank you for what it's already done for us in past seasons as we've embraced refinement. And we thank you for what it's doing for us or going to do for us in this season. We thank you for more of your godly character that's in us being displayed. We thank you for more of your holiness and righteousness that's upon us being displayed. We thank you for more of the pure love that you have poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit and that has consumed us in so many ways. We thank you for that pure love being shown. More evident, more obvious to those closest to us and every other person that we meet. We thank you that, that this thing is, is shifting in a real good way the dynamic of, of the way we do family of the way we relate to each other, of the way that we parent, the way that we're friends, all the way down to the way that we worship you. That nothing ever again, if it has, will become 
our focus other than you. That you'll be the one that we focus on. And that we'll give you everything in every season, especially in this one we're present in right now. If we need to, we surrender to you all over again, every area of our lives. that regardless of what we go through, we want to glorify you. We want people to see your glory upon us. So thank you, Father. Thank you for showing us this. Thank you for always speaking, speaking to us. Thank you for everything you did today. I know there's so much that happened. We thank you for it all. We give you the glory for it all. May we in this season, like never before, arise and truly shine. Arise and truly shine to the world around us. Thank you, Father. Bless what you're doing in the room. Thank you, Jesus. Have the prayer team come. prayer team's going to be up here for you guys if you guys need to soak in this go ahead and soak keep worshiping him if you want to we got people that that are up here that want to pray with you prophesy over you pray for healing whatever you need thank you father thanks for this family I just want you to know I'm really really grateful for, for this family grateful for this family so Holy Spirit even as we even as I stop praying would you increase upon all these people people that are watching would you increase upon every person right now upon every family would more of you more of your fire come upon them
Jesus. If you feel God doing something, just hold your hands out, would you? trying not to joke too much because it just felt like such a holy moment. And so thank you for increase right now. We just bless what you're doing upon every person. Whether they feel it or not, we just say more, God. We say more, God. We bow. It doesn't have to be physically. We just bow in reverence to you. The Holy One. The only one. Worth being revered. that the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord it's not a bad thing it's not a scary thing it's reverence it's it's awe it's wonder we bow let us be a people that never lose that Jesus has become the coal now. I just felt like it was figuratively happening. Some people have been asking for purification in their minds and it's taking place. Thank you, Father. It's for purification. it like this, a deep reservoir in each of your lives have been dug out, you know, reservoirs are not, they're, they're dug by us, by machines, not natural lakes, 
deep reservoirs. Everybody's got a deep reservoir story. He's taking that reservoir and he's lighting it on fire. Water burning. He's lighting it on fire. He's been doing it here for a while. So some of those um, regrets, some sadness, regrets, like Tony said, take him straight to the cross, embrace him, hand him to him, and let them burn. And you ignite him for others. every one of us that have partnered with it we break agreement with it we hand it over to you we thank you for burning it up and replacing it with love we thank you for your perfect love taking a permanent spot where that fear of regret used to be in Jesus name thank you Father
here. Thanks for being part of the family. We love you, but we don't feel like God's done yet. So you can hang out or go to lunch, whatever you choose to do. It's totally up to you, your choice. Free to choose. Go ahead, Joe. I feel like in this environment that God wants to heal trauma. The wounds of the past, the things that we may not even remember. And they show up either as triggers when certain things are said, certain situations happen, certain smells. Or it'll show up as, a, as, as some type of body ache or pain that just shows up at certain times whenever some things are happening in your life. You don't know why. But God wants us to be completely healed. Those reservoirs and wells that have been spoken about, He wants to bubble that stuff up and clean it out. Pure water. So you're going to, if you want, you can be an active participant in this. We're going to pray for God to remove and break off trauma. And when I say the word trauma, I want you all that want to participate, clap your hands just one time to break it off. Okay? So I thank you, Heavenly Father. I thank you for your desire, the cost that you paid to make us all completely whole, completely whole. To be healed in body, spirit, and emotions. And you know better than any of us all, all the hurts that we've experienced over the years, either an event or a lifestyle that brought trauma upon us. I thank you, God, that you are the ultimate healer. This is part of the cost and the price that Jesus paid for us. So I thank you now for wholeness, wholeness. So in the name of Jesus, I'm going to count to three. We're going to break off trauma. One, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel that thing lift? Woo. Yeah, he's preparing us for things to happen that are beyond our wildest dreams, and they're good. Have so much inside of you that God wants to share with the world. He wants his people healthy. Thank you, God, for ministering to us and healing us and doing it all beyond what we could ever imagine. In Jesus' name, amen.
thank you, Lord. Raise your hand if you felt a release when that when that clap happened. Just in case you didn't know, that's an advanced sozo technique that they use in Shabar, where it's actually scientifically met by brain doctors, lack of a better term, who actually have proven how that will reroute memories. Reroute memories, skip over them as if they don't have the same effect anymore. The traumatic part of it's taken out. Isn't that beautiful? God made it as simple as clapping. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thanks for hanging out a little bit longer. I think it was worth it, right? Come on. Yes, Jesus. I bless your guys this week. Pray that it be more fruitful, more prosperous, more extravagant with extravagant infusions of joy and hope and love like never before. See you guys again, again soon. We love you. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.